Hey, today's a little bit different than usual. I want to kick this series off, and I want to bring you into the Word today and show you some profound insights. Do I have your undivided attention just for the next 25 minutes? Are you with me? I know it's like a roller coaster ride of a sermon service. Some of you are like, I've already laughed, I've cried, I've shouted. Come on, let's go eat a bagel and go home. Um, but uh, there is a cream cheese shortage here in New York. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but it's the Lord's way of saying, I rebuke you, uh, spirit of gluttony. Anyways, um, can we just put our hands together and welcome everybody who's watching online, our global V1 Church family. Can we make them feel welcome? Come on, we have crowd mics, so you gotta get real loud for them. <laughs> All right, hey, would you do me a favor? And I don't, I don't even know if it's possible. Try to download the V1 Church mobile app on your phone here in the room. We may jam up the T-Mobile and Verizon and AT&T servers trying to do it. I don't know. But I would love for you to download the V1 Church mobile app because my notes are available in English, in Spanish, and as of last week, Dutch. Come on. Pastor Daniel and Pastor Exica are crushing it by being global ambassadors of V1. And I... I actually scrolled too far in my own notes and was like, Lord, did I type this in tongues? That's a Pentecostal joke for my Reformed friends. Sorry. I love the Presbyterians too. But baptism was so powerful. And just watching the line and seeing people cry, I just, it never gets old. And what's amazing about this house is we're going to do three services today here. One at night, two in Indiana, multiple people. If you guys stick around and you want to double dip for the next service, you're going to see this wall light up with people being baptized all around the world. And, you know, I say that because in scripture, you never have a pastor baptizing people. You have believers baptizing believers. And we've distorted and perverted disciple-making to the point where we feel like only pastors can do it. But this is a disciple-making movement at V1 Church. And we believe in, bapti we believe in, in bathtub baptisms. Last time we did this, husbands baptized wives and wives baptized husbands. What a beautiful picture of Christ in the church. And I believe we're going to see that next service because we got a ton of people signed up for that. All right, now I'm going to lock in. We're going to go through a lot of scriptures. Can you guys handle that? Like if I serve up steak this morning for breakfast, is that okay? All right, because we're going to be talking about the orphan spirit. Yeah. And I believe that you're here on assignment. I believe in destiny appointments. And, and the orphan spirit is something often not preached about in church simply because the pastors are the ones that are also bound by it. And so you can't give a freedom away that you yourself do not have. And so the orphan spirit is something that is a necessity to talk about. And, and how I know that this needs to be dealt with is that if you're anything like the Mike Signorelli of 15 years ago, you already sabotaged Thanksgiving and you already plan on unintentionally sabotaging Christmas. Let's all laugh together about it. Because <laughs> I know it got awkward for a second. But I have good news for you there's still time. There's still time. 2022 is not here yet. You know, you, the future hasn't happened yet, right? And, and the past, it's, it's already history. But they call it the present because it's a gift. So I come bearing a gift of the present. The moments before you sabotage another holiday, 
the moments before your orphan spirit and this thing that you're struggling with gets you again to repeat a cycle of the past. Because I don't know about you, but this is a cycle-breaking church. I mean, we're that bloodline breaker. It may run in my family, but I'm where it runs out kind of church. And, and, but it's hard being the breaker. Very hard being the breaker. Matter of fact, it's always easier to walk on a trail that's already been made than it is to hit every single branch on your way through because you're the first. And so to the pioneers, to the first, to the ones that have had it harder because nobody gave you multi-generational wealth. You had to go out there and make it, build it, birth it. For those, I wish somebody heard me get ready to preach. I haven't even read these scriptures, but to all those who have had to go first, the ones who are the first ones sober in their family. Come on, the, the, one, the first one that got their mind right because they have the mind of Christ and not the mind of their genetic family and where they came from. I mean, you, some, some of you, your biggest testimony would be told in juxtaposition to your own family. You'd be like, if you want to know anything about what God's done in me, just watch me at a holiday event. And people would say, I can't believe they come from that gene pool. <laughs> come on. But God is still redeeming. God is still freeing. And I want to show you something about the generations. And I want to show you something about the orphan spirit. And I want to start in the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter 9, verse 12. Now, I'm going to do probably more scriptures than you can keep up with. So just write them down in your notes or go to the V1 Church mobile app. And God said, this is the sign of the covenant which I make between me and you and every living creature that is with you but there's something that in most evangelical American Christian churches, they would leave out in their expression of theology. But it's here in Genesis, the last part of that scripture, can you see this? And for perpetual, perpetual means without end, generations. Salvation in the evangelical American church is a very individualistic experience. Never mind the fact that Jesus taught us to pray, our Father, forgive us of our sins. And he was always talking about we, but we are always talking about me. But see, the thing I've learned about the Bible is it's the story of covenant and kingdom, not the story of church services. And so we get really good at church services, but we never access kingdom and covenant and I've got to bring an alignment to this to get you free from the orphan spirit because he says, there's a sign that I'm making between me and you. Yes, I'm making this, but there's something bigger than you connected and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. Okay, Pastor Mike, we're looking at that in isolation. Um, I, I need to see more. Okay, I hear you. Let's go to Genesis 17, seven. And I will establish my covenant between me and you and your descendants after you, Come on, somebody say, after me. And in their generations for an everlasting covenant to be God to you and your descendants after you. Genesis chapter 50, verse 23. This one hit me hard. If you're like me and you come from a broken home, maybe you never had a father. You were raised without a father. Maybe your father was present, but he was absent. Maybe your father died prematurely. This scripture affected me. Think about the hell that Joseph went through. And I, in Genesis chapter 50, verse 23, it says, Joseph saw Ephraim's children to the third generation, the children of Machir, the son of Manasseh, which were also brought up on Joseph's knees. Think about sitting on a grandfather's lap, 
Some of us have so much premature death in our family. We've, we had never had a memory. I never made a memory with a, either one of my grandfathers. It was crazy thinking about Joseph seeing three and four generations, but the scriptures are so specific. It says that they were brought up on Joseph's knees. See how it got real quiet? There's something about this orphan spirit that's connected to premature death. There's something about this orphan spirit that's connected to the restriction of legacy. And, and I was praying and the Lord was dealing with this, this sermon inside of me. And I, I was asking myself, do I believe that when my daughter Bella is a grandmother, that her grandchildren will be still brought up on Pastor Mike's knees? See, because this is the faith that we're talking about when we talk about covenant and kingdom and adoption, we're talking about this. And I think what's happened is we've so spiritualized everything that we forget that kingdom is dominion and you can't have dominion without having stuff. You can't be a king without having land. And so what God wants to give you isn't just a good feeling. Some of you would just be content with your emotions being right. But he's like, I want to do exceedingly abundantly more than you can think, ask, or major. This is more than just your mind getting right. I want to bless you for generations. I want my people to inhabit and inherit and have dominion over the earth. Church is too small to encompass all 66 books of promises that we have. Sunday for a couple hours is too small to accompany the dominion of the kings and queens that are being raised up through adoption. And some of you are like, why did I get fought so hard in my life? I haven't written the book. I haven't preached the sermon. I haven't sung the song or wrote it. Why did I? Because of the generations that are connected to you. What if I told you that you were getting fought for what was inside of you because it will live beyond you? It's called legacy. What if I told you you were getting fought like 18 generations deep even though you were, because everything starts as a seed. Every forest is a seed. Satan will steal the seed to stop it from becoming a forest. What if I told you that your family line keeps getting diverted and subverted by Satan because he sees the forest when you're still crying over the seed? I, can I talk about the orphan spirit? I told you, I just, I just need 19 more minutes to do it. Exodus chapter three, verse 15. Moreover, God said to Moses, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, the Lord God, your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. Let me put it in another way. I will give you fathers that have children that become fathers that have children that become fathers. So it's a father having a father having a father. That's Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. It's, it's, I will give you the opposite of the orphan spirit. I will give you the safety, provision, and protection of strong fathers. And your fathers will have fathers. I will multiply fathers in your midst. This is what he's saying as part of covenant. The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, Jacob, Isaac, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Exodus 12, 14. This day shall be for you a memorial day, and you shall keep it at the feast of the Lord throughout your generations as a statue forever, and you shall keep it as a feast. Leviticus 23, 43. Yes, I'm preaching out of Leviticus. Give me some bonus points. This also doesn't happen in the church nowadays. 
that your generations may know that I made the people of Israel dwell in booths that I brought them out of the land of Egypt. I am the Lord your God. I have a Jewish friend. My family and I went to the Feast of Booths with him and he made a booth in his backyard in Long, on Long Island. That is a 6,000 plus year old promise that was made to the Levites and there's a guy on Long Island making a booth saying, I remember the generations because I'm connected to covenant. It's a powerful thing. We don't even have Christmas traditions in most of our houses anymore because of the orphan spirit. But where there's the spirit of adoption and covenant, it'll be, there'll be a guy on Long Island in, in the year 3025 building a booth saying, I am, I am in the seat of Abraham. I'm connected to something bigger than me and I am not alone. If you feel lonely, lonely is the residue of the orphan spirit. Because you don't have a past, you feel like you don't have a future. Because somebody hasn't gone before you and proved it was possible, you doubt whether it's possible for you. You know how I know this? Because I'm just telling on myself. The orphan spirit, fatherless, broken, and I, I look at the scriptures and I see that God has this big plan, this incredibly amazing plan, but how do you access it? I wanna show you a few more scriptures. This one, let me speak out of Esther 9.28. That these days should be remembered and kept throughout every generation, every family, every province and every city that these days of Purim should not fall, fail to be observed among the Jews and that the memory of them should not perish among their descendants. It's so funny how the scripture of, you know, Esther chapter nine, verse 28 has turned into ritual, but it was supposed to be a reminder. See, if, if, if the devil can't stop you from remembering, he'll turn your remembrance into ritual. I'm going deep, I told you. And see, what happens is you end up with whole religions that are doing the things that were connected to family and generations and fathers. And he says, if I can't stop them from remembering, I'll turn the remembrance into a ritual and then I'll still introduce the orphan spirit. And the thing that needs to be said is that God wants you to be free from this disconnect Matter of fact, when you go back to the garden, there was this debate that was happening. Satan, Lucifer's literally in the serpent form saying, hey, there's another way to be human. And it's not the way that God told you. And he introduces this knowledge and tries to get them to do things a different way. And as soon as they accepted the bait of Satan in the garden, the orphan spirit was released into the earth. Because you see in the next generations, Cain and Abel killing each other, why? Because jealousy is always the substitute for celebration where there's an orphan spirit. I know, I know, somebody's getting it. See, yesterday I was buying a new winter coat with my family, and uh, I didn't plan on this, but I've learned now that when I take the girls with me, because I have three of them, my wife and then Bella and Everly, that you can't get something for yourself without getting something for all of them. And so, men, I'm just helping you right now. If you want to get something just for yourself, go alone. I felt the anointing on that. Go, somebody just, they took their first note during this sermon. Go alone. So, um, I won't say what brand it was, but I've been wanting to get one of these coats for a while. 
And, uh, you know, it's cold out here and I have to walk to find parking in the city. It takes like an hour. So I was like, this is more utility than anything. But as we, so then Julie's like, oh, can I get this? And then I'm like, yeah, babe, you go, boo, Katie. Come here, give me a kiss, girl. I made it all awkward in the store. You know, like, ugh, it's nasty. And then, and then Bella was like, oh, dad, you know, because she's a Gen Z. She's like, this would be so cool if I like, you know, no cap. This is amazing. You know? <laughs> and then um, Everly was like real quiet. And like kind of disturbed, you know? And she had that look she puts on her face. She got it from me. It looks like this, but with long hair. And we came out of the store and she started crying. And I said, what's wrong, Everly? What, what? This is a great day. We're gonna go and celebrate today. And she's like, everybody got something and I didn't. And I didn't like this stuff. And I, you were so happy for mom and you were so happy for uh, Bella, but, but you didn't listen to me and you, you were not paying attention to me. And you, now mind you, I had full blown like conversations with her the whole time through this experience. And all of a sudden when she started saying that, I was like, wait a second, the orphan spirit is connected to your fallen nature. So you could even be born and raised in a family with a present good, I think I'm a good dad, I'm decent, at least a C plus. <laughs> a Christian dad, but the orphan spirit is connected to the fallen Genesis. And until she gets saved and truly accepts Christ as her savior and knows what she's doing and walks that narrow path, this orphan spirit is a part of our fallen nature because here's what I told her. I said, you know what, sissy? Cause we call it, I don't know where that came from. It's some hillbilly thing, sister. I said, you know, I said, you know what, sissy, <laughs> thithy, I said, you, I said, I want you and our family, here's a way, I want you to be the kind of sister and daughter that you celebrate Bella when she gets something and you don't, and you celebrate your mom when she gets something and you don't, and you're happy for them even if you don't get anything. When I said that, that sounds good, right? She said, no. And I was like, are you manifesting? <laughs> now, here's the thing. I've raised up pastoral teams that watch me take one pastor on a ministry trip and the other pastor says, I'm mad because they didn't pay attention to me. The orphan spirit. I've watched me ask one pastor to preach on Sunday and the other pastor has a fence in his heart and says, but he didn't ask me to preach. The orphan spirit. Oh, I feel a breakthrough coming. Just like I father my children, I father our church. I told Everly, I said, Everly, I'll turn this car around. Now I can't do all that with adults, but I said, I'll turn this car around and we'll go home. I, you have to say, I'm, I, you know, and I was teaching her how to celebrate her sister getting something when she didn't get anything. And you know what's funny? I wonder if how many of the pr prayers that we pray for the blessing of the Lord is we wanna receive from the Lord to prove something to somebody else. I wonder how much stuff you think you need in life is connected to an orphan spirit that it's really not about you getting that thing because the Bible says he'll meet your needs. But what if I told you you're begging him for once because your once proved something to your brothers and sisters? And if you can get that stuff, see, well, what if you're responding to an orphan spirit? 
And can I go a little bit deeper? Psalm chapter 22, verse 30 says, a posterity shall serve him. It will be recounted of the Lord to the next generations. Psalm 49, 11 says, their inner thought is that their houses will last forever. Their dwelling places to all generations. They cast, this is what it says, they call their lands after their own names. Dominion, dominion. You know, I had this privilege of being one of the first how do I put this, white pastors to preach at an Indian church. And when I showed up to this church, it was so little. And I was like, praise God, I don't care if one people, you know, if there's one or 1,000, we do the same. But afterwards, I began to talk to them. I said, you guys got to get better at evangelism. We, you know, in the book of Acts, they added to the kingdom daily. And they said, oh, no, we do that. But they said, in the Indian tradition, for those of us that have called Christ Messiah, We look at it generationally. So you might only be seeing me, but in my family lineage, I can show you 46, they were like 30 generations and they were going back and they say, you guys go wide, but we go deep. So standing in this room is just 20 people, but through the generations, there's tens of thousands. And I I thought, wow, American evangelicalism has missed it because this orphan spirit is like, how do I get blessed? Because I'm stressed. But the kingdom says, how do I receive adoption to leave a legacy? And what you accumulate is greater than what you could ever get on your own. Oh, I feel this. There's a heaviness on this word. And we're going to go two more parts deeper. And I believe you're coming into 2022 free from this orphan spirit that you can actually. And I've had to do deep work with the pastors. How many of you would love another pastor's panel? How good was that last week? But I've done deep work that said, hey, if I ask someone to preach, would you actually bless them and tell them what you liked most about their sermon in a way that breaks that orphan spirit off of you? Hey, if you see that I take someone to travel with me, would you sow financially into their trip without anybody knowing you do it, even though it feels like you're choking down the hardest pill of forgiveness you've ever in your life, just to say, I bless you, and I pray you have the, even if tears are coming out of your eyes, saying, I don't know why it wasn't me. Because when I sat in that car with Everly yesterday and said, Everly, you have to become the kind of sister and daughter that can celebrate when someone else gets something and you don't, I realized that if I was not paying attention, even my own children would be raised with an orphan spirit having a good dad in the house. Would you stand to your feet with me? Joel chapter one, verse three says, tell your children about it and let your children tell their children and their children tell the next generation. I think about the Haas kids who are getting baptized. I think about the Bushing kids are getting, don't make me cry, who are getting baptized today. I I think about how the generations are beginning to multiply in our midst because God's eradicating that orphan spirit. Ephesians chapter three, verse 21 says to him, be the glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. But there's these trauma responses that show up when you have an orphan spirit. I wanna give these to you briefly as I close. Many doubt whether people really love them because they struggle to see their own worth after someone else left them. So you'll come into a church like this 
and you'll be like, well, they love everybody but me. But that's the orphan spirit based on trauma because you say, well, obviously I was not valuable enough for my father to stay. Obviously I was not valuable enough. They love me more than drugs. They, they love me more than that other woman. And so you'll come into a place like this and you'll say, there's no way Pastor Mike loves me. There's no way that I'm loved on my dream team. There's no, and people ask me all the time, what is the secret to the growth of V1 Church? And I say, it's the Father's heart because a dream team with an orphan spirit will always die. But a dream team, a connect group system with the Father's heart, the children will come home every single time. And this is your call to say you are loved even though something inside of you tells you you're not. A couple weeks ago, we had all, almost 200 people for a leadership uh, lunch at V1 Indiana and two people confessed in the Q&A feeling like they didn't belong in V1 Church and hearing that voice of condemnation. And I looked at him, I said, you've got an orphan spirit and, and we just begin to pray for them and people were crying. It was an amazing thing. The other thing that it'll do is this, there's a tendency, if you have the orphan spirit to overread into situations and to see something that's not even really there. If you have an orphan spirit, you're hyper analytical. And if you're intelligent, you connect your intelligence with your analysis and try to convince people you're always right. I'm going deep. You guys got to come back next week. You got to keep going deeper on this because the orphan spirit will have you continually overanalyzing and reading it. And then what happens is you become a perverted prophet because you prophesy a situation until it occurs. And then that confirmation you believe was from God, but it's from the death that's been coming out of your own mouth. And many of you are called to prophesy encouragement, prophesy life, but you've been overanalyzing. And you look for the evidence that people don't love you. Look for the evidence that you're not cared about. Look for the evidence that, it's, that life is fair for everyone else but, but you. And that, that orphan spirit tilts the table. Come on, we're gonna get free, guys. I'm going in and doing some surgery. And I know it always gets quiet when they put that anesthesia and, and you fall. Listen, I'm trying to get you under the knife right now. The orphan spirit will have you shut down when you think you're being criticized, even if you're being coached. You'll say, God, send somebody in my life. And he's like, I did, but you called it criticism, but it was really pastoring. <laughs> I did send them. They were trying to mentor you, but you don't understand how to receive mentor because the only correction you ever received was as hard as they could, as mad as they was. And yet God is saying, you're an orphan. This is a hug, but you're flinching through a hug. This church is coming into 2022, the freest they've ever been. I got two more and then we're gonna pray and then we're gonna, do, we're gonna, I'm gonna have a call of action. Orphan spirit will have you afraid of being vulnerable because you feel if you let down your guard, what happens is there's a loss of control that inevitably leads to you being hurt. And so vulnerability is the release of control. Last week was so profound for our church and I connected the, the sermons because I wanted you to see the pastors get vulnerable because what, you're, what you were seeing them say is I don't need control. 
But see, orphans say, nobody's gonna help me. I gotta help myself. Nobody's gonna show up. I'm the, I'm the you have Superman syndrome, superwoman syndrome. Like, I'm gonna keep fighting. And, and the Lord's saying, hey, hey, don't fight. And the Lord's saying, let me fight your battles. But you're like, I don't know how to let you do that, God, because I've always fought my own battles and this is how I survived. And I shouldn't have made it this far. And I was raped, molested, abused. I was in poverty. God, I'm just gonna keep working as hard as I can. I'm gonna keep doing whatever. And God's like, hey, I'm not like them. Hey, let me fight your battle. Some of you have never surrendered in worship. That's why it says they'll worship me in spirit and in truth. Some of you have never worshiped in truth because the last and final thing is that the orphan spirit masks their true self because of the belief that they're not worth acceptance being who they really are. So you've never worshiped and said, God, this messes me. God, this failure is me. I'm lonely, God. I'm, I'm hurt, God. Some of you grew out a beard to prove that you're masculine. But if you fall down at the feet of Jesus, you'll access a power that you'll never know anyway. Some of you put all the makeup on to convince everybody you've got it together. But it's when you undignify yourself and it runs down your face and you say, God, I can't do it. The end of you is the beginning of him. Does somebody believe it? I want to pray something over you, and I haven't done this, but I believe it's the pastor's obligation to pour the oil of the word over the minds of the sheep, over the minds, over their eyes, over their ears. And I believe the Lord wanted me to pray this scripture over even the worship team, because I believe this is going to tremendously affect you guys. And as I pray that, I believe there's going to be like a shift Romans chapter eight. Would you just close your eyes right now? Come on, I, I hear so many people crying. Come on, it's all right to cry. Maybe that's just the Holy Spirit giving you the hug that you so desperately need in this season. Some of you never had a biological father pray over you and it shows but I want to release the peace of God by praying these verses over you. Would you just, would you just close your eyes? And I'm praying that the Holy Spirit gives you a supernatural vision and he just does something in you as I declare this word over you. The word of God is sharp, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing asunder even soul from spirit. So this word's going to do a work in you. Are you ready? Romans 8, 15. This resurrection life that you now receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant, greeting God with a childlike, and this is the phrase I wanna release into your spirit. What's next, Papa? What's next, Papa? God's spirit touches our spirits and confirms who we really are. We know who he is and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we are going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through the suffering and the hard times with him, then we're certainly going to go through the good times with him and receive an inheritance. Church, can you just shout an amen? 
Can you just shout an amen? How many of you received that word today? Come on, it's such an incredible word. Why don't you just stay on your feet for a few more moments. Can you help me welcome up my man, Daniel Santis? Pastor Daniel, come here for a second. God's raising him up as a father in our house. How many of you are thankful for him? And you know, there, the end of this service here, you know, we're getting ready to set up for the next one and he's gonna present something to you. But I was really wrestling with how we do this service today and I, I felt like to pray that scripture over you. And of course, we'll have our prayer team here in a moment to pray for you, but we're ending on offering. And I wanna say this to you. By faith, Abraham became a father because he did what he gave. There's gonna be something supernatural connected to this gift that many of you are preparing to give. This Sunday in particular, many of you, this will be the biggest gift you give. Some of you only give once a year and you give now, but there's something connected to this by faith. And as we break this orphan spirit off, see orphans are like, I don't know where my next meal is coming from. But when you've been adopted, you say, I can give freely. One of the biggest breakthrough moments you can have is getting free in this area. My mother was on welfare and she literally said, I have no, I don't know where the next amount of money's coming, but that, the orphan spirit said, keep your money, hoard it up. But I knew when the orphan spirit was broken over my mother because she sewed $40, her last $40 into Jensen Franklin's ministry when I was a teenager and said, God, whatever's on Jensen's life, I'm sowing this seed so that it comes on my son, Michael. And she started to operate in faith in her finances. Then as the years went on, I saw them begin to step into the blessing of God in so many ways. And then they came out here, they're here on Long Island. So all I'm trying to say is this moment, if you're like, what does offering have to do? Yes, we run to the altar every single Sunday. We pray for you. But I'll tell you, for some of you, the greatest miracle in this moment will be this gift you give financially. If you wanna slap the orphan spirit in the face day, like week one, do it right now. So Pastor Daniel, can you help us out?